The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. Hear the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who's around this town tonight. Hey, welcome into the Kwame Last the Sports Talk Show. Today it is Friday. Friday, man. Friday came came quick. Football Friday at that. NCAA college football kicking off. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us today on the show. On the show. Today in studio is me live in studio, Demi Lachey. Uh, Kwame Lasseter is out of town. He shall be calling in here anytime soon. But if not, I'm running this show today, solo dolo, and ready to kick off Football Friday. Uh, last night, college football kicked off Thursday night football as usual. Uh, finally, the, the 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 gates opened, the chains got loose, and we we got football kicked off. Started off finally in college football. Some uh, big games last night. Uh, a lot of the biggest game, which had a lot of media attention, a lot of anxious um, waiting to happen, um, welcoming back college football in University of Michigan, welcoming back Jim Harbaugh, his debut, the Jim. Harbaugh Michigan football era has finally kicked off with his team taking a loss last night, 17-24. Utah Utes winning that game, 24-17. I really didn't want to debate or talk about, you know, the outcome of that game. I just wanted to see how Jim Harbaugh was going to rattle his troops because University of Michigan, that was my team. Probably, uh, I... Huge Michigan fan, Charles Woodson. You know, I grew up huge Wolverine, especially in the Midwest. That's all you saw on TV. All you saw was University of Michigan, Ohio State. Um, that, that pretty much summed it up every Saturday. I'm the only guy in my family that went to go that went and chose University of Michigan. I'm the only guy in my family, not from the state of Ohio, because everyone else is a huge Buckeyes fan in my family. So I actually stood out a little bit. University of Michigan is my team. I was excited to see Jim Harbaugh f- come back home to him rebuild this program um, from scratch. And yesterday, last night, was day one. Uh, was the real real deal football game, um, the game that really counts, against Utah Utes, who I'm a huge Utah fan as well. I told you all yesterday, you know, uh, the running back Booker, Look out for this guy, the Heisman candidate. Um, definitely is going to lead the way. The big quarterback, Wilson, uh, played phenomenal last night. He looked very comfortable. And I know it's about year, I believe it's his second year starting overall. Um, so, of course, he's going to be very comfortable. But the outcome of the game was a little closer uh, than, than what I was predicting. I didn't I didn't think Michigan was going to win this game. I think it's going to be a... A close game, yeah, I was thinking 10, 14, 
uh, point game, but it, it it wound up at seven points. Things got out of a little hand, out of a little control. Um, beginning of the fourth quarter, when Michigan University of Michigan quarterback Rudolph threw an interception, pick six, and that's when Utah went up um, and pretty much closed it out. Michigan could not catch up after that point, but it, before that, I mean, it was it was a it was a close game. It was great to see University of Michigan fight and battle, and I think that's what Jim Harbaugh brought to the table with his guys. You know, never give up, never stop playing until the last whistle, until that last, till you see zero on the clock. And you saw that out of University of Michigan. I'm not a huge fan of, you know, teams that lose and then get patted on the back saying, oh, great effort. At the end of the day, it was a loss. But at the same time, you saw something different in University of Michigan already. I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, it's week one at the same time. It's game number one. You're straight out of camp. Um, kids are in classes all day. Your, your student athletes are in classes all day. So this is a huge game, especially on the Thursday night. All the way, you travel all the way from Michigan all the way to Utah, to Salt Lake City. This is the first time ever the University of Michigan has ever played a football game in the in the school's history that they ever played a game in the state of Utah. On a Thursday night at that, um, huge, you know, a lot of media that was definitely covering this game, um, a lot of energy behind the game. And I, I didn't think Michigan let up. They put on a phenomenal show. It got out of hand. It was about 17-3 to three, uh, midway through the third quarter. And at this point, I was like, yeah, Utah's going to put this game away. They're going to finish this off the right way. And... You know, it, it, it's going to be a pretty ugly fourth quarter for Michigan. That wasn't the case. The defense stepped up for Michigan. I like the guy, Jabril Peppers. Uh, I think I thought he was a pretty good athlete, uh, pretty good talent last season. This season, now he's more of a leader on that defensive side. And he showed up definitely in that second half, uh, third and fourth quarter. And they made the game tight. And they still, you know, came back, made it 17 to 10. And at, at this point of the game, it was like, okay, now you get to see what is your team made of. Yeah, you took these guys through camp. You put these guys through certain drills. Now it's time to see what this team is really made of. Going into that, uh, at the end of the third quarter, going to the fourth quarter, you know, the kid Rudolph, Rudock, the uh, University of Michigan quarterback, is making a drive. He just made a, a, a phenomenal drive, you know, the drive before from taking the game to three, from 17 to three to 17 to 10. And now this guy has the ball in his hands, ready to tie the game up, uh, make it a drive downfield. And he made a huge mistake. Not only that, he made three other mistakes. If University of Michigan would have two turnovers rather than the quarterback's three, I think they would have won the game. If they, if they would have had just one of those interceptions, they would have won the game. The kid ended up with three interceptions, one that was very costly at the end there, with a pick six all the way. But at the same time, with three turnovers, they were still in the ball game, still down by seven. Uh, even at the end of the outcome, they st- he still put it, his team in the chance to still win the ball game, to still put it down towards the onside kick. That's phenomenal. Like that shows the fight in University of Michigan. That's something that we haven't seen in a while. I know as a huge Michigan fan, I haven't seen in a while. I was excited to see. You know what was going to happen on the outcome of you know the onside kick to even get yourself in that position in the first week on the Thursday night all the way in Utah and your team battles all the way because Utah they're no joke yeah they're not nationally ranked which I don't understand why not 
I mean, they had they they pretty they won the Pac-12 or tied the Pac-12 last season. I don't see why not. This team is not nationally ranked. Yeah, they lost a couple of guys, but they got a lot of guys back. That quarterback is tough for University of Utah for Utah Utes. That running back Booker is it's he's phenomenal. And University of Michigan gave it all they got, gave it all they had. It, yes, they made several more mistakes than Utah, and that's what cost them in the end. But the maturity, the the uh, I don't know, like it was just the fight at University of Michigan. You finally seen that. And they got it all the way down to the onside kick. That's Jim Harbaugh football. That's a great way to kick off Harbaugh era. No, you weren't going to go into the University of Utah, the Utah Utes, and win this game. But you made the simple fact of, heck, we might. We can We can do this. We don't have – this is year one under your Harbaugh. We don't have experienced group of team together like the Utah Utes where this team has – your head coach has been there for quite some time. So – it was a great way to fight. It was a phenomenal game, phenomenal finish. Another game uh, that kicked off last night, which I was highly disappointed about, it was the TCU Horn Frogs. Now, I'm expecting great big things out of them. Last season, they were putting up points. You know, it was just outrageous. They were putting up 70 points, 80. Uh, no, they didn't flirt around. They flirted around with 80, but they put up 50 points after 50 and 60 points in Trayvon Boykin who is, I believe, is going to be the leading Heisman candidate. Um, as, as of right now, he's the, in my opinion, he is the leading Heisman candidate going into the season. This is an opinionated show. So, in my opinion, I believe Tray, Trayvon Boykin is that guy, and everyone else is chasing him. But last night display, it, it, he, he really did not, he, he just didn't look comfortable. Yes, it's week one. I give you that. But for a guy that was so phenomenal last season who lit teams up for like six, five touchdowns, total touchdowns in the game, four total touchdowns in the game, I was expecting him to go out and just put on a show. You're the TCU Horn Frogs. You're ranked number two nationally, which is rare. It's rare to see a, a team like TCU being ranked at number two overall to begin the season. You're a playoff contending team already. And you go out and you look flat. Now, yeah, I granted, yes, it's 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 week one. It's a Thursday night game. I get it. But at the same time, this is the TCU Horn Frogs of 2015, of the 2014. This this era right now is all about TCU. You get your quarterback back, very experienced quarterback, high level quarterback experience. And, you know, you get some of your defensive guys back, and the defense played pretty well. I mean, granted, it was the University of Minnesota, which they lost their uh, big playmaker tight end, Max Williams, and everyone else is just, you know, competing just to stay, I don't know, relevant, I guess, in the Big Ten. Um, But at the same time, yes, you you all won the game. When they got up, you know, 10-0 in the first quarter, I was like, okay, now it's time. To, now it's the Trayvon Boykin show. He's about to turn it up to a whole nother notch. But he didn't. They just looked so flat. They couldn't move the ball in the offense. Yeah, they, they – I mean, it's, it's one of the greatest – one of the best uh, – how can I say it? One of the best, like, no-huddle offenses, spread offenses in national – in college football. And you got a, tr- a phenomenal leader behind you. And I just didn't understand why I come out so flat. Why even tease us 
that you can take a loss in the University of Minnesota. I mean, it, it's September. It's not like it's October, November, where it's freezing cold up in Minnesota. Now, this will be a, a, a scoring game where I, if it was cold, I could see TCU winning 23-17 because they're not used to it. They're playing in Texas. But it was 82 degrees. It was a night game. ESPN. The Trayvon Boykin show, I thought it was, uh, he, he kind of disappointed me in a way. Um, yeah, he, he scored two touchdowns, but at the same time, um, you know, he threw an interception, which was costly at the time, but they did find a way to win. Going 26 of 42 for 246 yards, a touchdown and an interception, that's just not Trayvon Boykin numbers. But at the same time, it is week one. They can't bounce back. They did not look like a number two team overall in college football last night. Granted, yeah, he did run. He did tear up the running game, 18 carries, 92 yards. Aaron Green, I like their running back, Aaron Green. He averaged about four and a half yards a carry. Uh, he had a 19 carries for 88 yards. But he just he was the one piece that kept this team moving. And Trayvon Boyer did not throw for 40, did not have 42 pass attempts. Green should have had the ball about 25, 26 times last night. And I think they would have won by a little bit more. I was just kind of disappointed. Number two team overall. You got to come out week one and just dominate that game. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We're going to take a quick break. After that, it's other college football games that kicked off last night. Uh, also, some big ones coming up this weekend. You listen to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. It's Football Friday. Don't change the dial, and I'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hi, this is Jake the Snake Plumber. You're listening to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk with Demery Lachey and Doug Bremer. They're legit. Hey, welcome back in. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us on the show Monday through Friday, except for Wednesdays where we take our day off. Now, getting back into college football last night, I mean, it was, 
I, I was excited last night. It was the first time, you know, in a while. Well, I, the, the more reason why I was more excited. It was the first time in a while because this year it's unpredictable. There is no team, in my opinion, that stands out. Um, I say this because, you know, you get your traditional, you know, University of Alabama, Ohio State, uh, you know, Oregon, the last couple of years, you knew they were going to be a, a phenomenal program. Yes, Ohio State is the front runner right now, but at the same time, they have guys who are suspended. They still haven't chosen a quarterback yet. That has, that, that's going to, that's going to, you know, shake up that team a little bit. I think they would have picked a starter about a week ago. Um, going into the first week of the season, you know, things would be, you know, a little bit more poised, a little bit more, you know, the team knows what's going on. Urban Meyer made a comment. Um, he made the statement that, you know, he's he's going to let this whoever the starting quarterback um, to start the first series or whomever, however he's going to do this uh, platoon quarterback system, I guess you could say, is he, he's going to let the quarterback know, you know, the day of. The day of when you going into Frank Beamerstown, Virginia Tech, who beat your team last season at the shoe, at the Ohio State University. Like, why make the starter know then? It, and at the same time, he's not even going to let the team know. Of course the team is thinking about it. This is the biggest storyline of college football. Who is going to be Ohio State's quarterback, either JT Barrett or Cardale Jones? Not only that, you're building up more anticipation by, you know, you make comments, you make statements, oh, uh, you know, we don't know. We might play, you know, the two-quarterback system throughout the game. That's silly. That's nonsense. That's making both of these guys – both of these guys are not going to get better by doing that. They're not going to have a season in which they displayed last season. Even Cardale Jones threw phenomenal three games last season. That's going to take away some detail from his game, from both of their games, because – they're they're going to be very uncomfortable. They're not going to catch that rhythm that they that they will need that they you know could get their juices going. So by picking a starter, I hope they ride this starter out, you know, until mistakes happen or they're just not comfortable, so they can switch to the other guy. Who knows? But I don't want to see Ohio State play one guy for one quarter, another guy the next quarter. It's just not going to work out. I've been on plenty of college football. I've been on plenty of teams where we did not know who the starting quarterback was going to be, and we played, you know, two quarterbacks. I, I couldn't stand it. And I'm and going back and talking to the quarterbacks, you know, especially as a wide receiver, you're talking to these guys like, hey, how do you feel? What's going on? And, you know, they're both like, well, I'm not comfortable. I, I can't, you know, I can't gain a rhythm. Once I get into a rhythm, the other guy's coming in. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. That does, you know, kind of, uh, you know, slash the tires a little bit on, you know, making it, more of a rhythm standpoint as a quarterback. But at the same time, this is not the first rodeo of quarterback switcheroo that Urban Meyer has went through. Remember the days of Chris Leak down at the University of Florida? Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. When Tebow came to town, it started off, you know, first couple of games. Uh, Tebow was only in during red zone packaging, and Chris Leak was leading the way. Then towards the middle of the season, Tebow was getting the football midway down the field. I'm not just talking, you know, third and twos, which, you know, he dominated on as a freshman, but I'm talking first and ten. You know, you saw Tebow running out on the field. It was like, whoa. But they made it work. Tim Tebow and Chris Leak made that situation work. 
And at the same time, those are two different type of quarterbacks at that time. Chris Leak and Tim Tebow, two different quarterbacks. Tebow was a was a bulldog runner. Chris Leak was, you know, prototypical quarterback at the time. I don't know what he's doing now. But Cardell Jones, JT Barrett, they're not two different style of quarterbacks. Yes, I think JT Barrett can do more uh, running-wise and more agile in the pocket than a Cardell Jones. But at the same time, Cardell Jones is a huge uh, quarterback who can sit in that pocket for days, who could take a hit and not, you know, not feel it as much as a JT Barrett. He's kind of built like a big Ben Roethlisberger type quarterback who can sit in the pocket all day, you know, make his reads, who can scramble a little bit too. So he can, he can move not as quick as JT Barrett now, but he can move as well. So this is somewhere that Urban Meyer has never been before, or this is not nowhere he's never been before. But for these two quarterbacks, it is. Cordell Jones has never started a game where, hey, it's all on you. This is the season opener. You are at University of Virginia Tech, in which we took a loss, the only loss they taken last season as national championship before they made the national championship run. Virginia Tech has great secondaries. They're known as a secondary school, especially those Fuller brothers. It's one more left in there. I think he's the best cornerback in college football. So he's going to shut down his side of the field. Then you got, you know, kind of new receivers ready to step into the new role, dealing with two different quarterbacks. That makes this situation difficult. That's why I'm so disappointed in TCU, the display that they put out, because they have a one quarterback. They have a quarterback who's returning, who put up Heisman-type numbers last season, and who's projected to be the Heisman winner already. But they put on display like that against University of Minnesota? I understand it's the first week. I, I, I shouldn't be so hard. But I am because I'm expecting way bigger things out of Trayvon Boykin. I'm a huge Boykin fan. But now you got a team like Ohio State who's going to an environment. A lot of a lot of these games this first weekend, it's it's a different environment. You you used to seeing, you know, more traditional the cupcake games against, you know, a powerhouse team per se like Georgia Tech last night. I mean, they just put a stomping um on their win last night. It was it was ridiculous. They won sixty nine to six against Alcorn State. Yes, that was that's the type of games that you're used to seeing. You're not used to seeing Oklahoma State travel to Central Michigan, but they pulled out a win. You're not used to seeing Florida International again at UCF. You're not used to seeing, you know, Michigan, you know, travel all the way to Utah. That's never you know TCU at Minnesota. You're not used to seeing these games. Duke traveling to Tulane. You know, you're, that's just something that you're not used to seeing. And now you got Ohio State traveling to Virginia Tech. You know, number one team. Oh, I want to see how this team prevails, even with the suspensions they have. That's why I make this season so, it gets me, this season has me so hyped up because you don't know what's going to happen. You do not know. You cannot, it's not as predictable as it was last season. I didn't think Ohio State was going to win the national championship. I don't think any of us did especially with Braxton Miller going down. Now we get to see him play a wide receiver, the slot receiver, or the H-back, whatever he's going to do in his athletic position now. How is that going to do? How you know? Now we get to see him take some hits. You know, have to worry about that safety coming downhill. Is he able to make those tough catches for a guy who's been playing the quarterback position and been dominating the Big Ten since his arrival? But at the same time, you know, this is what makes college football so 
unpredictable this season because of the Ohio State quarterback situation, uh, the way TCU displayed last night in in you know different environment. They did you know they did win the game, but just so disappointing. But at the same time, this is what makes this season. That's why I, I couldn't wait for last night to happen. I couldn't wait. I can't wait for tonight. Former ball coach, you know, uh, Trent Miles, he's hosting University of Charlotte at Georgia State. Yeah, it's a smaller school. Who cares? But I get to see, you know, where does Coach Miles, you know, how is he going to prevail in year three? This is year three. This is the year where he actually gets to show the turnaround. Michigan State traveling to Western Michigan. That's kind of odd. Baylor traveling to SMU. These are some odd ball games t- that's going to be played today, but it's going to be in a weird situation. You know, who who kicks off a football game on a Friday at 12.30 p.m., high noon? Who, you know, Baylor, you know, kicking off at 4 p.m. at SMU on a Friday? Same deal with Michigan at Western Michigan. You don't see these type of games, which that's why I'm excited about college football. It is football Friday, and – you know, I'm excited to see, you know, some of these tough games, tough situations. University of Washington at Boise State tonight. I can't wait to see that game. I want to see where Washington, the Huskies stand at. You know, they're they're not this first game is not no cupcake game. You got you're at Boise State. That's nobody wants to play there. Nobody wants to play on that blue turf. Nobody schedules that game except for like a team like University of Washington which they take risk. They have to, especially playing in the Pac-12, being that lost team in there. They have to take that. So it's going to be a great game, especially week one. It's a chance to catch these guys off guard. You're going to see some upsets this weekend. I thought Florida International, University of Central Florida, was that an upset? Probably not because both of these teams are from the same area, probably had the same recruited guys, same level. Uh, You know, yeah, UCF is a bigger program than Florida International, but at the same time, they're all recruiting from the same area, from that central Florida area, from that international Florida area, down, you know, southern Florida or whatnot. But Florida International, they went into UCF and won the game in week one. That's what I love about college football. It's so unpredictable. The Carolina, the Carolina's classic, playing at, you know, Carolina uh, Panthers Stadium. It was a great way to kick it off. The first game that, that hit, you know, mainstream on ESPN last night. I was I couldn't wait for that game to kick off. Steve Spurrier finally, you know, winning a uh, national. Every time I see this guy on national TV, he's always taking a tough loss. Every time University of South Carolina. Even back when, you know, Clowney and Connor Shaw was his quarterback. Even before that, when, when Spurrier took over at South Carolina. So it was great to see him win. You know, it, it, North Carolina showed some fight you know they're they're going to be a tough team to beat you know in the ACC because they're going to compete with the Florida with the Florida State excuse me and you know whatever Golston is going to bring to the table he got announced as a starter how do you put in ever Golston as a starter how do you allow that McGuire Sam McGuire who was Jameis Winston's backup yeah this guy transferred to University of Notre Dame He's a turnover machine, and he, you allow this guy to come to your university, which you were supposed to take over after Jameis Winston. But you let this guy come in. Maybe it was the coach's favorite. Who 
it, it doesn't matter. But if you outplay this guy, outshine this guy, it should be no question. This is your program. You've been here longer. But we get to see the Everett Goldston, you know, project happen again. This college football season is going to be phenomenal. I don't know. I I, I don't want to make any predictions just yet um, on, you know, the playoff team, who do I see in the top four teams. I'm not sure yet because I, I think Ohio State and TCU are guaranteed number one, number two. But who whom else? I think TCU, they, they're going to struggle their last two games. They have Baylor and Oklahoma in their reg, last two regular season games. So who knows? Coming up, it is Football Friday. We're going to talk some NFL. This guy, Tim Tebow, really is trying to make this roster, and I think he's going to make that last roster spot in that quarterback position. Uh, the Brady era, the Brady news as well. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is Jerome Buda Daniels. You're listening to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk with Dan Marie Lachey and Doug Bremer. They know about this sports thing. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us at any time, Monday through Friday. Today, Football Friday. When I walked in the studio today, I got news that uh, veteran defense alignment, former Arizona Cardinal Darnell Dockett got released by the 49ers today. Wow. That's the first thing, you know, that came to my mind. was like, wow. This guy, he he just signed there in the offseason. Did not, you know, work out the extension that he wanted with the Cardinals and moved on to this divisional rival in the San Francisco 49ers, which, you know, was happening in the summer. And, you know, I was kind of surprised by that because I know he was flirting around with even retiring a little bit. But to be released before the season even kicks off, you just got signed as a free agent and now you're released. I don't understand it. I mean... Why even put yourself in a situation to get released? You're a veteran defensive lineman. Uh, you go over to a divisional rival. 
you're expected to become in to come in as some type of leadership role to set the example, especially with the 49ers right now, which time after time, guy after guy, you see guys retiring left and right on the 49ers, especially this season. So a guy like Darnell Duck, I thought, you know, it was a secure position, especially with Alden Smith now released, uh, Justice Smith retiring. I thought it was a, it was a win-win situation for this guy to keep excelling in football. Yeah, he just came off a ACL injury in which he did not play last season. And, you know, he he had a couple of chances to play. A guy like Darnell Dockett, I mean, this guy, he changes the game. He changed the game for the Cardinals organization, especially from a defensive standpoint, in their Super Bowl era run against, like, when they played against, they had to, when they had to run against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Darnell Dockett was the fit for that. He came, He just came off a torn ACL. I don't understand how you release a guy like this. You need some type of leadership, some type of standpoint, you know, someone who can make a stand. And I like Darnell Dockett as a person. A lot of people try to knock him and say, you know, he's very arrogant or he, you know, doesn't know how to shut his mouth. But at the same time, he performs, and he performs at a high level. Having 40-and-a-half career sacks in 10 seasons, I mean, come on. Playing a defensive, you know, tackle defense alignment position who can rotate throughout the whole uh, corpse of the D-line. How do you release a guy like that? Yeah, he's 34 years old. And, you know, at the last preseason game, he did sustain a rib injury. But at the same time, I mean, you guys need to find some type of leadership. I think the 49ers are getting to the standpoint where they're just like, you know what, we're just ready to restart. All these veterans are, you know, retiring on us left and right. Uh Let's just get a young young core group together and build it for the future. I think that's where the 49ers are at now, releasing a guy like Darnell Ducker, who's a tremendous leader in the locker room. A lot of the, the players love him, uh, especially when he was in Arizona. The players, they, they were saddened that he, that he did not get signed back. And it, it is that time of the year right now where a lot of teams are making that last-second cut or, you know, uh, pretty nervous about moving on from you know guys who've been a part of their programs, their organizations for quite some time. So they making now it's time to make those tough cuts. Darnell Docker was a surprise. Uh, Daquan Bowers, you know, getting cut from the Buccaneers this morning. Yeah, I mean these are names you just like wow, like these guys made you know an impact on their organization the day that they got in there. Yeah, in Darnell Doggett's standpoint, yeah, you just got there. It's kind of like a Trent Richardson situation where you just signed with the team in the offseason. You know, you got experience under your belt, but then you're getting released. Now you can look, and, you know, everyone's waiting for, um, you know, the RG3. Where What is he going to do? Matt Barkley, Tim Tebow. What are these guys going to do? Are they going to get cut? When? What time? You know, what's the next situation? Tim Jennings got released. Uh, Chicago Bears. Huge impact for them for the past couple of years. Are they going younger? Yes, because they, they want to develop that guy Fuller, who I thought started off very well last season with the Chicago Bears. Played great football. Yeah, I mean, he had an interception, I think, in like every game, the first like three or four games. He was leading the, in, leading the NFL in interceptions. Then he, then he became a rookie again. Started making rookie mistakes. Started gambling. 
Um, you could tell he he just wasn't watching film the right way because it just collapsed for that Bears defense, especially on that side of the field. But that gains him more experience for this season. He's, I mean, he's another Fuller, Fuller guy, Corey Fuller. He's going to be great at that position. But you release a guy like Tim Jennings, who get picked up by, you know, another team by Tampa Bay. It's now is I just don't know where Darnell Dockett does from here on out. Going back to the subject at hand, where do you where does he fit in? You know, is a team going to take a risk on a 34 year old, you know, veteran defense alignment who just came off a torn ACL now with a rib contusion? just being released by the San Francisco 49ers, didn't even take a snap of a real game in the Niners uniform. For diehard Cardinals fans, I think they love it. I think they love the fact that this guy did not play a down in a 49ers uniform. But, you know, the fans aren't playing. Where did where does this guy move on to? There's plenty of teams that need some defensive alignment help, but a lot of teams are going with a young core group on their defensive line fronts, unless, you know, you have a guy like a J.J. Watt. And, you know, speaking of, you know, cuts coming up, Philadelphia has a tough situation. And we're talking about at their number three quarterback position in the battle between Tim Tebow and Matt Barkley. I think Tebow has looked, I think Tebow has looked phenomenal during the preseason play. Yes, it is preseason. Yes, he's going against guys, third, fourth team, string guys, you know. But at the same time, you know, he, he mixed it in a couple, Chip Kelly mixed him in a couple times. Uh, you know, with the second team a little bit as well. But I think Tim Tebow is going to make this roster. I know he's going to make this roster. If he gets cut, I will be surprised. Going into the season, if he would have got cut, you know, especially going into this preseason, I was like, nah. I was like, okay, yeah. He He's not ready. Matt Barkley, he's, he's the future. He's the future. He's going to find somewhere in the NFL. This is just, you know, predicting. Um, ever since Tebow came to camp, came into the system, Matt Barkley has been, he, he hasn't shown up. He's been in the shadows. He played decent football. He, he kind of remind me of uh, Logan Thomas out here in the Arizona Cardinals situation where, you know, Thomas was, you know, looked at as that guy for the future to build up on. Um, Bruce Arians, you know, praised him a lot last season. And you're ready to see him play, you know, great football. And then you got a guy out of Winston-Salem and Phillip Sims who just look even better. Now it's the task of, wow, do we cut this guy who we just drafted last season in the, what, third, fourth round? Do we release a guy like that for this guy out of Winston-Salem, Phillip Sims, who just looked phenomenal during the preseason? Same deal with Tim Tebow's situation. I mean, he's just playing Tebow football. He works. He is the perfect image of what Chip Kelly is known for. You know, having a scrambling, determined quarterback um, to fit in with the system which they already have. Because you have two prototypical quarterbacks right now with Sam Bradford, Mark Sanchez. I don't think those two guys are going anywhere. But it's pretty scary if you can mix and blend a guy like Tim Tebow into the lineup on Sundays on third and shorts or, you know, in the goal line red zone situation. I think Tim Tebow has the confidence to now to play, you know, this game and actually dominate. Yeah, he last time I sent, seen Tim Tebow play well was his days in Denver when he had that winning streak and everybody had the Tebow mania. 
Uh, he had the Tebow pose. Everybody was going nuts. I think that's the last time I've actually saw Tim Tebow play confident football. You know, he bounced around the league. He went to New York Jets. He played for the Patriots. You saw him just lose, you know, that, I don't know. He, he just didn't have that comfortable. He just did not look comfortable at all. But now he, he I think this is his last shot as, you know, potential him getting some type of playing time. And he's definitely being a competitor in what Tim Tebow's known for. He's de- definitely taking full advantage of it. If he makes this roster spot, there's no way this guy cannot be on the field. He will have to play on Sundays. I say this because he just changes the dynamic of the game. He'll change it for the Eagles' standpoint. Yes, they picked up DeMarco Murray, which was phenomenal uh, pickup after losing LaShawn McCoy. The way that Tim Tebow, his confidence can bring towards that Eagles locker room, that's what they'll need to compete, you know, in the NFC East. Because I think everybody's catching up to Dallas, no matter what. Dallas is the team to beat. I think the New York Giants is going to make some noise in the NFC East, especially with that receiving core led by Odell Beckham Jr., Victor Cruz, Ruben Randall, Dwayne Harris now from Dallas. That's going to be a difficult group to compete with. Then you got a guy, you know, Eli Manning. That's your veteran back there. The What Philadelphia has to bring different is an attitude. They have to bring an attitude that can compete with, you know, that Dallas Cowboys front line. They have to bring an attitude that can compete with, you know, the competition of the New York Giants receiving court. Just to have that attitude. Tim Tebow is that guy. He is going to be, he, he's been looking very well with his return back to the NFL. I mean, he threw a ball last night right over the cornerback's shoulder. <coughs> That two years ago, I would not have said Tim Tebow could make that play. But he's making that play now. He's he's proven that he deserves to play in the NFL. I can't believe I'm saying it because I, I was giving Tebow, like, heck, I was like, no, this guy, he's not a quarterback. He could play somewhere else, you know, when the Jets moved him to the other position. But you can tell now he's put in that work. He has that confident chip on his shoulder in which nothing is stopping him. Matt Barkley, I don't – he doesn't have it. You don't see him living up to the challenge. Like, he's kind of shying away from it. I mean, we're talking a guy like Matt Barkley. He was regarded as the top quarterback recruit, you know, coming out of high school. He was, you know, that guy. Was supposed to lead USC back to the promised land. That did not happen. So he went to the NFL a little bit early. And now he's fighting for a position with Tim Tebow. With a guy who was regarded as should not be playing quarterback at all in the NFL. Had about 20 different QB arm coaches. And a guy like Matt Barkley, he was kind of worried that a guy like Tim, you can't worry when you have the talent, the natural abilities, the prototypical standpoint, you have to build off that. You have to be the best Matt Barkley you can be. Don't worry about what Tim Tebow's doing because that's what that's exactly what Tebow's doing. He's trying to be the best Tim Tebow he can be, and it's showing. It's working so well. He looks so fluently in that mid-draw, you know, offense with the spread going. Tim Tebow, he looks he he's playing with confidence. He's playing with nothing to lose. Matt Barkley, take notes. So whenever you get your next situation after, which I believe that you're going to get cut. Take advantage, learn something from what Tim Tebow displayed. 
Show some attitude because you never know. Everything's not always given to you, RG3. Matt Barkley, you can't have everything. Sometimes you just have to strap it up and work for what you really want to do. Kwame Lasser, Sports Talk Show. We're about to go into another break. After the break, uh, it's coming up in our last segment, Football Friday, to finish off the week. Uh, we're going to go through some predictions of the weekend. College football um, kicking off. NFL is making some last-minute roster cuts. It's Football Friday. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art, and competition, Surf Talk Show is a place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and The Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and entertainment that'll keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. East Coast on Voice America Sports. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. This is Frank Sanders, former player with the Arizona Cardinals. You're listening to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demery Lachey and Doug Brimmer, the number one sports talk show in Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome back. Welcome back again to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Demery Lachey is here in the studio doing this by myself. It's a great leeway segment, man. Great song, great song choice. Great way to light it up for the for the college football weekend that's coming up. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in at any time. College football is ready to kick off. And it's time to get around that time of the season where we start to make huge predictions. Big games coming up for the weekend. Um, the one game I want to discuss that's huge around the news and media around here because I can't stop hearing enough about it out here in the, in the valley is Arizona State you know they get to kick off against Texas A&M in which this is a huge huge kickoff for uh Arizona State University cuz now they're no more they're, they're no longer the team that's chasing they are now the team that's being chased they're not they're no longer chasing after you know that top spot in the Pac-12 which they've been past couple of seasons now they are being Haunted. Except for being a hunter, they're being haunted. This is a situation where I think the Sun Devils, they, they've never been before. 
they've always been in the hunt. They've always been, you know, trying to knock off teams left and right. Now teams are going to try to knock off Arizona State. And one thing that's funny to me, how in the world is Texas A&M projected, according to Vegas, is projected to win this game by three and a half points? That's the spread. How? You have the number 15 team going against an unranked Texas A&M team. What's the point of even predicting? What's the point of even having the top 25 right now? What's the point? How is this team? <laughs> That's just a, a lot of disrespect thrown towards the Sun Devils, in my opinion, that you could put up there. A lot of respect for Texas A&M. I understand that the game is in Houston, Texas. It's in, um, you know, Houston, Texas Stadium. I understand that. But at the same time, this is supposed to be a neutral game, which I, I guarantee is going to be a lot of A&M fans over the Sun Devil fans. But I think the Sun Devil fans, they're going to show up. They're going to show up and show out. But at the same time, how? How, how, how in the world does this happen? Do you not believe in Arizona State? Now, th- 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 we're not talking like a number 25 team projected, number 19, number, you know. We're talking top 15 team in the country. Projected. A lot of guys returning. No, you don't have Jalen Strong or Kelly, but Berkovici, I, I think he's going to excel. I think he's going to have a fun game. Has he came into a season where he's the starter, where it's, hey, this is your team, here's the keys, let's do it? No. But neither has Allen, the kid that's quarterbacking for Texas A&M, who he had to fight for a roster spot and had to beat out a, a true freshman. And now Kyle Allen, who was that true freshman last season, who got some playing time, now he has the keys to the Texas A and M of the of these you know Aggies. Sumlin gave him to the gave him the keys. So I don't understand how <laughs> they're a three and a half point favorite on and according to the spread. That's funny to me. There's no way they should be. Now I can understand if Arizona State was like a two and a half favorite. That's understandable, you know, making it a close game three, you know, three point. But have Texas A and M. I mean, come on, this this will be kind of a home game for them. But we're talking a number fifteen team against an unranked team, in which Texas A and M lost a ton of pieces. They have some injured receivers that's that got you know had some significant injuries last season, and now those guys returned. So who knows what they're going to look like. Who knows what, you know, Allen is going to look like against Arizona State, in which he's from the state of Arizona. So that's going to be – who knows? But Arizona State, they have a lot of guys returning. That defense, who knows how, how Kyle, how Kyle Allen is going to handle that pressure of the Arizona State, you know, blitzing the way they, they blitz the sun, you know, of what they're known for, to put pressure on quarterbacks. That's how they make a lot of plays on the defensive end, take a lot of risk. How does Kyle Allen, can he handle that? It's going to be a pretty big game coming up on Saturday. Uh, That's definitely the game to watch, in my opinion. I don't think Arizona State's going to lose this game. I think they're going to win. They're number 15 team in the country. How how do you project project them to lose? Another big game, Louisville versus Auburn at Auburn. I can't wait to see what this guy Johnson is going to look like. Now he finally has the keys to the team, to to University of Auburn. Number six team in the country, SEC, you know, competing to try to get into that top four playoff spot, which I think they, they, they do have a huge chance to get in there. 
But they, they are hosting University of Louisville, in which, you know, Louisville is still bouncing back from the Teddy Bridgewater days. So who knows? This is going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game to watch. Um, I, I'm, I'm taking Auburn in this one, of course, because they're at home. Virginia and UCLA. Now, that's going to be an interesting game. Virginia Cavaliers traveling all the way to UCLA. Remember what I said at the beginning of the show. It's This first week, these first two weeks, it's some different environmental type of games. You're not used to seeing the Cavaliers travel all the way to UCLA, all the way to Southern California. They're going to be feeling phenomenal to play on this stage. Look out for the upset alert button on this one. I like the linebacker, Jack, Miles Jack. I want to see if he matures and doesn't get as many penalties as he did last season. And for him to really hold it down for UCLA Bruins. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was an upset alert. But, of course, I'm going to you know go with UCLA because of the experience that they have coming back. Uh, Texas and Notre Dame. Oh, boy. Coach Strong, University of Texas. This is the year. Um now I feel like you have your guys in your system and you're going up to Notre Dame, which is very interesting. That's going to be a great game to watch because Evan Golston is not there anymore. So Malik Zaire played a couple games last season, started a couple games. Once again, another quarterback situation where this guy is finally getting the keys to the season, not just a game or two. You're getting the keys to the season. Here you go. Malik Zaire, I'm ready to see Texas bounce back. Interesting game to me. Um, Eastern Washington and Oregon. Now, Oregon, they just received Eastern Washington's quarterback um, who dominated the FCS level game and transferred into the University of Oregon, just got eligible last week and projected to be the starter. You don't think those kids at Eastern Washington want a piece of this guy? You don't think... This is going to be an interesting game. They know this kid. They've been practicing against this guy for the past four years. Now this kid's suiting up for Oregon and gets to play his team right back. That's going to be a fun game to watch. I think that's going to be a fun game to watch in Eugene, Oregon. Now the the biggest game of the weekend, Wisconsin-Alabama. I mean, this is the most anticipated game. Now this game is going to be played, I believe, on Monday. Um, I don't know which way to go on this one. I think Alabama, with them, with the game being in Arlington, Texas, they're going to get a bigger crowd than Wisconsin. But at the same time, who is Alabama's quarterback? What are they going to do, you know, after, you know, what happened against Ohio State? Can they bounce back? Because that was just a Alabama team that we've never seen before in the Nick Saban era. Uh, just the way they looked in their energy. He tried to blame it on, you know, the NFL scouts, yada, 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 whatever. And then Wisconsin, you know, Let's see what life is without Melvin Gordon. I think Alabama's going to win this game, but it's going to be a tight one. Ohio State, Virginia Tech, um, that game's going to be played Monday night. I know that for sure. Ohio State's going to win this game. No matter what quarterback they're going to put in, they just have too much firepower, even with the suspensions and everything in Blacksburg, Virginia, because they got a guy named Ezekiel Elliott, who is a Heisman candidate, who's going to dominate this game. Fortunately, we are out of time. We will be back here Monday. Enjoy football. Enjoy college football this weekend. Kick up. Grab grab something to drink. Grab some chips and dip. Enjoy it. Thanks you for tuning in to the Climate Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Demi Lachey signing off, and then we'll catch you Monday. Thanks for
for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.